Welcome to the first episode of In the Kitchen With, a new series of Whistler podcasts where our intrepid food and drink editor, Jilly Smith, goes behind the scenes with the best, the most interesting, the most innovative chefs in Brighton. First up is the man known as the best chef in town, Duncan Ray of the Little Fish Market. He's worked with the best chefs in Britain over his 20 years in the industry, mostly, famously, Heston Blumenthal at the Fat Duck, and his Little Fish Market is the most highly awarded restaurant in the city. This year alone, it's listed in the Michelin Guide. It has three AA rosettes and is among the top 50 restaurants in Britain, according to Hardens. Locally, Brighton's best restaurants have just crowned him best chef again. Jilly popped into his kitchen to watch him prep his signature egg and soldiers. So, Duncan, we are in the buzzy kitchen of uh, the Little Fish Market. I think people would kill to be here right now. It's a tiny kitchen. Yep. Um, you're going to show me how you do your signature dish. Uh, so this is the little fish uh, egg and soldiers. Uh, so we first of all, we take the top off the egg itself with this little tool. Tell us about this little tool. It marks the line. It doesn't actually cut the egg, um, the, uh, egg shell. Um, it just it marks called? the line. Egg uh, opener. Egg, yeah, egg topper, I think <laughs> they're called. Um, and then we remove the, uh, the egg. Uh, Wash out the inside of the egg, get rid of all the membrane and the eggshell and all this jazz, which everybody loves doing. As you see, the boys have just done today's eggs. Yeah. And how many did you do today, Al? Uh, about 21, 22. 21 eggs, right, okay. So you've washed out the shell. So we've now washed out the shell. And then we pipe into the bottom this uh, Jerusalem artichoke puree. Uh, and then we slip the egg yolk back in. Um, and then we poach these in a pan of water. They, they just, yeah, they float around like little rubber duckies, if I'm honest, uh, and just cook them in there for, for a few minutes. And then we take them out and then we build them there and then when the customers uh, are here. So on top of this, we put smoked haddock, which uh, we turn into a, uh, a jelly just so that everybody gets exactly the same amount so that the balance of the dish is correct. Uh, and then we top the jelly with uh, an acidulated cream, which is basically a, a creme fraiche with uh, different types of vinegar in it and, and seasoned. And then we top the top of that with uh, passion fruit jelly, which then actually looks like the egg yolk. Uh, it's kind of a layered dish, so you have to kind of take all the layers as you're eating it. But I've um, been doing it a very long time. Yeah. People love it. Very Heston. We'll talk about that upstairs. <laughs> okay. You, you, you grimaced a little bit when I said that. That was, seemed very Heston to me. Tell me, first of all, what that little grimace was about. It's not a, a grimace per se, it's just, it's me. Yes, of course, you're always going to be inspired and influenced by the people you work for. And, yeah, I worked for Heston for many years. What's the journey from the Fat Duck and Heston and you as this young man and here and now, right now, making that dish? Can you take us give us that little sort of narrative arc well i mean i, I left uh, the fat duck in 2003 but the inception of that dish specifically was when i was at uh, penny hill park i was head chef at penny hill i kind of came up with this dish of a very lightly smoked piece of uh, salmon with jerusalem artichoke and, ma- and mango or passion fruit it didn't really matter but that link was spectacular. It really was, and it was a little bit different. It certainly was in those years, very different. That dish has been in many different guises along that 20-year period. 
Um, it was when I came to Little Fish that in the second year I was doing something with that combination um, and I just had that kind of brainwave where I was like, hang on a minute, I could mix together. Because I did used to, I also worked for a, for a famous chef years ago who uh, was famed for doing those eggs, um, a guy called Martin Blunos. We capped uh, the top of the eggs and we filled it with a vanilla mousse and then put mango puree on top of it and did little shortbread sticks as, um, as soldiers chopped chocolate and granulated sugar I think as pepper and, and salt on the side and so that was already in my brain this kind of play on, on that um, and so it was kind of a mix of these two together that created uh, what what is now known as the little fish egg? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're sitting looking at all your awards. You're well known as the best chef in Brighton, um, which is something actually, because we've some pretty good chefs here now. Yeah, Once upon a time, might what, not have said that, but now we really can say that's a pretty good accolade. What is it about what you do that makes you consistently the best chef in all the awards, but also everybody's favourite chef? I think what separates not me but little fish in that way um, has always been the fact that it's always been me cooking it's and I, I've always led from the front I, I'm I, I've never understood the whole hierarchy way that kitchens work in the fact that you do all this training you become in, in essence potentially the the better cook in the kitchen uh, and then you tell everyone else what to do and put the food onto the plate which is quite simply the easiest part of of the whole role whereas my way of thinking is the fact that you should have all your best people doing all the cooking and the junior more junior people being at the front and they're learning from from the best as opposed to the other other way around you do you understand what I mean and I've always had this as an as an ethos it was very unusual many years ago. I think more and more people look at it this way now. Little Fish is a very personal uh, space, a very personal idea, and, a, and, it, and it feels that way. And, you know, it's almost like my little dining room and people come in and I, I cook for them each day. I mean, people do want intimacy. And very often, you're absolutely right, you don't get that from a restaurant. It's a, it's a big restaurant with lots of really interesting food, perhaps, but you don't get that sense of signature and you don't get that sense of personality. Yeah. Here, you get you. I've never taken a day off. I've, I've, I've cooked every single dish that has gone um, out in, in Little Fish has, has been cooked by me, assisted by others. And it's been, yeah, it's been that way for... For, for 10 years. Yeah, um, yeah. But it is about the ideas, isn't it? And that, is that still where the, the, the excitement comes from you? Do you still get ideas in the middle of the night? Well, I, I think I, we all get inspiration from all kinds of places, but these are my dishes, they're watering me. Um, and I probably have more dishes in my mind than I will ever be able to put onto plates. I used to have to really think really hard. What it is for me is that I remember when I first was a head chef, I was 23 years old, wherever I was, and I remember reading um, an article in French by a, a, a chef, famous chef called Alain Passard, which is funny enough, he is famed for doing those eggs as well. And Alain Passard said that he didn't think that anybody was a chef until they were in their 40s. And I remember really being quite upset by that comment because I was thinking to myself, you know... Um, I'm a chef, you know, I'm... But... Tell me, I don't care why that one. (laughs) But I think it's kind of true. I think, first of all, when you first get the reins, but also um, when you're young, you're 
you're trying to prove something and you're trying to be ultimately different from somebody else and potentially that doesn't really work simplicity is definitely the hardest you know for instance here you know a piece of fish with some sauce or an amazing steak with you know a simple potato and and a sauce but it's perfection in that way if everything's right yeah but it takes it does take years really. yeah i mean it's interesting the top restaurants mm-hmm. in the world are looking for signature and they are looking for story tell me what you would say your signature and your, what your story is i chose to come to brighton for uh, and uh, a couple of reasons one was i really wanted to cook on my own if i'm honest i taught many many you know perhaps even thousands of chefs over the years um, and I really wanted to do something for, for myself where I knew what everything was and I knew that everything was, was on point and I knew that nobody was trying to slide something past and just that thing where I could do it in a much more relaxed, more personal kind of way. I, I really wanted to create a restaurant where the, every time it's better than the last time and that, that was always my mission. And to make that happen, if you're going to do starters, mains, desserts, or, you know, even now, uh, you know, the taster menus that I brought to Brighton, um, you need to be able to cook fish or, or veg, maybe, where, you know, you can cook by eye, you can cook quickly, you can put all of the effort into, into the prep work and make the cooking time short. Um, whereas, you know, cooking meats, you're kind of locked to the oven, different on different cooking uh, temperatures and, and such like. And to, to be able to run a restaurant single-handedly in that way, that's going to be a much more, that's a much larger task. I'm not saying that I can do that, it's just much more difficult. So I really thought, I'm going to open a fish restaurant, it's going to be in Brighton. Yeah. Tell me about sustainable sourcing. How important is it that all the seafood and the fish that comes through your door comes from the right place in the right way and you know things like the Debo fishermen are being supported that whole backstory as well how important is that well I think this is a, something that's really kind of topical right now but you know chefs like myself you know we've been doing this forever you know since I started cooking 30 years ago we were still doing exactly this and and mine's been led by buying the best products and buying the best product means that it's looked after and cared for by individuals who care about that product which generally means you know pot court line court which you have to also be careful about because rod and line is different than just line court making sure that there's not so many food miles with regards to those products makes that product actually much much better anyway so people like myself we've we've always been doing this we've got plenty of great seafood full stop it's just we, we, we don't eat enough of it. Let's talk Michelin. Uh, there's no Michelin star yet in Brighton. Everyone says that if anyone was going to get it, it would be you. Why haven't you got one so far? Do they come? Do they sniff out? And do you search that out? Yes, they do. Yes, they do come. They uh, posted on Twitter just a few days ago, I believe. I don't know. What would, it mean? Okay, what would it mean to you if you were ordered a Michelin star? For, for chefs like me, it's like the pinnacle of accolades. It's the one that we hope that one day it may, may, may arrive. You know, I've, I, I spent you know, all my years uh, working for other chefs in, in two and three Michelin star restaurants. I cook in a certain style, it doesn't mean that's Michelin. 
Marco Pion, I would say it. Uh, he gave his back uh, very famously. Uh, mm-hmm. He would say that it's nothing more than a marketing uh, ploy um, for Michelin for some tyres, um, and also that it really because it's all about consistency. It's actually a prison. In some respects, we we all build an invisible prison. You know, I can't I I can't and never have taken a day off from Little Fish. You know, and I and I set it up that way. I think cooking in general in restaurants, when it's yours or it's your name behind it, that's that's the prison. But it's a horrible word to, to kind of use. I don't look at it like that. I love what I do. I, I can't wait to come in every day. I can't wait to come into work every day. What a lovely thing to say. Next up, we're talking to Karen Lloyd of The Real Junk Food Project. That'll be out next Friday, but keep an eye on Facebook and Insta and Twitter, if it's still called Twitter, for what else we've got coming up.